0: give a talk, instead, if we have some dialogue together, and we'd like just to give a general uh, outline of the way this period of time, 40-45 minutes, works. Firstly, we'd like one or two people perhaps to suggest a a theme, a, a topic, which we might go into together and one which is useful and applicable uh, in this situation and in other situations. And then I will uh, get the ball rolling, so to speak, by speaking perhaps five minutes or so on theme or topic. And after a few minutes I'll throw out a, a question. And anybody in the room is free, if you wish, to uh, respond to the question, and then I'll give some comment on the response from the person, for perhaps a minute, two or three minutes or so, and then after two or three minutes, when I run out of something to say, then I'll throw out another question, and so... That's more or less how it flows along. And of course, I might throw out a question and nobody feels the interest to reply to it. But since we've already had several days here in silence, I'm sure we'll all be quite comfortable with no answers. (laughs) So this is the general thread. So if there is any topic or theme which... Uh, you might like to see explored between us. Please m- mention one or two. Yes, please. Christopher, would you please discuss, uh, discuss love? What is meant by love? Love. Yes. Yeah. Nice sure. one. Yes, yeah, please. Um, effort. Effort. Yes. And practice. Right. All right. So let, let's uh, at least touch upon those two. Themes together, and to we'll see where where it where it goes. I think one of the things which we have been perhaps bombarded with in our uh, culture is the concept, the theme of love. And it's not an easy thing to turn on the record player or the CD or the uh, local radio station and listen to music with lyrics and not have love running through the songs. There are a few songwriters who try to speak of other things, but they're an extremely rare species. And we also are exposed to love in its religious form, and a love which is, we are asked to uh, give and receive, love thy neighbour and love God as a common theme of religion There is also the love which we show and express through various acts of kindness towards other human beings towards animals and towards the environment and in that we consider the activities of body, speech heart and mind which in some way contribute to the contentment, the friendship, the warmth, the association with others. And equally, of course, towards ourselves as well, and all too easily and often in life, love for ourselves is sometimes rather low on the agenda of understanding of wisdom. This situation of experience of love in our life, and we see that if love is to be nourishing and fulfilling, however we might understand it, then it also has to be choiceless, that its significance is in its choicelessness, meaning, therefore, that it goes outwardly, without discrimination, and inwardly. But then we sometimes hear too of love as though it is an ideal. As though there is an expectation upon ourselves in spiritual life, in personal life, in social life, in religious life, to be consistently loving towards ourselves, towards others who are close towards the world that we live in, towards whatever. And with that ideal of wishing to be a pervasively loving human being, a loving person, we keep touching upon the edges of our love. We keep touching on places in our life towards ourselves or towards others where there seems to be a limit to the love, a limit to the kindness, to the affection, to the connection, to the hospitality, to the generosity, to the giving, to the compassion, to the sharing, or whatever. And so we hear of infinite love, unbounded love, immeasurable love, Receive that through all the messages personal, social, religious, spiritual. And then we look at ourselves and say, But I keep touching the edge. I keep reaching the limits. I see the boundaries of, of my love. So, responses. just finished the easy bit. <laughs> okay, who's going to take over here? <laughs> we reach the edge of our love. We wish to be, we live with somebody, we feel close to him, we feel close to her, close to them. And then love seems to in that moment, in that day, in that week, seems to have stopped. We don't feel loving at all. So, what, what are the responses? Remember in asking the questions, I do need to remind all of us that unlike the mechanical world where there are precise answers to questions, 1 plus 1 makes 2, 2 plus 2 makes 4, and there's a general agreement on this, outside of the mechanical world, there is no answer which is right answer collectively. And therefore, answers or responses, organic, work on a different premise altogether. It's rather mystical. So, in asking any question, it's just to... each one of us to see what our responses are when we are willing to ask ourselves a question, answer the question, respond to it without imagining that is the answer. It's just what's revealing itself at this time. So here we are at times we find ourselves able to share, to give love in the countless forms which are available to us and then we start touching the edges of that love. What responses do we notice with ourselves? What's typical of the way we deal with that long or short-lived exhaustion of love? Who would like to speak from their experience, assuming that at least one or two people who at times have found their love is finite and not infinite? (laughs) Yes, please. I've, I've, uh, I've noticed two responses in myself. Uh, one is to uh, draw back when I reach the limit. Yes. Um, and the other is
1: uh, I'll, I'll accept the limit and attempt
0: to push it a little further apart. Yes. Lovely. Yeah. Those are my responses. yeah. Lovely. All right. So, in in that, I, as I say, with the, just the general flow, as uh, you speak, and then I'll respond for a couple of minutes to what you said because they're very important points. And after the response for a couple of minutes, I'll open up a fresh question, and then somebody else r- responds, and we go along this way. So, as you say, at times we we reach that point in ourselves where the love seems to stop in that moment. We don't want to give any more, share any more and we find there is some resistance to, let's say, the person or people that we are with. In that and that particular point one of the typical patterns of course is to withdraw and sometimes that motivation that occurs to withdraw is perhaps because we feel that person um, isn't giving us enough return I've given you so much love, so much attention so much this, so much that you're not giving it to me therefore I'm going to withdraw it's a kind of um, crudely put, we might say, we, we've put love into the marketplace. Market mentality. I give you this, therefore I want something in back in return. And this typical way that we know that we deal with this situation. At times we see that we're right on that very point. That point of, do I, can I, I have the privilege, extend my choice, it's open it, have the choice, open out and see what the alternatives are Or do I withdraw and pull back? Sometimes we notice that when we are pulling back with the love And there is an internal or withdrawing taking place Sometimes the motive, which is the important thing in that Is in fact we want to hurt In fact it can be used as a form of revenge The drying up of the love is a strategy we sometimes use to get back on somebody else. And so this withdrawal movement can take place. And sometimes we we're right on the edge there, so that kind of almost a kind of critical point. In this situation, in this difficulty where I'm not feeling love, are there other options available? Sometimes there are. Anyone? What kind of options are there available when we know we can either use the withdrawal pattern or explore in another way? Yes, please.
2: Well, um, in my experience, I mean, if you say you love someone, then you love someone. It's not um, something. To me, it's not something that's limited. No. If you, if you. If you think it's limited, then you just like it. Yes, all right. Um, if you've reached your limits of love, then I guess that's what you would call your comfort zone. Yes. Um, and if you truly love them, then you'd be, you'd be willing to jump out of that. All right. And take the risk of, you know, whatever would
0: happen. All right. So, some, so is, is it, though, sometimes, as you point out, there, there is a genuine sense of connection with somebody one feels close and loving there is (coughs) in the course of time there is uh, a commitment as well and and that one knows is present in, in oneself and one feels there is no limit and no exhaustion of that love and yet however either because of patterns with oneself quite disconnected. One's life may be very, very busy, working very, very hard. One uh, one may have some old moods which uh, overtake one. Uh, What the person's response or people's response to oneself isn't as one would like. And in those particular moments, even though there is the the, uh, genuine sense of authentic love, in some moments it seems it's not available. Heart is not available for the person of persons. That, that, that moment is if that sometimes there is the power that one doesn't buy into that and extends oneself further, uh, that helps to break down that line. But that requires quite some, sometimes some effort, sometimes some determination that one isn't going to be a prisoner to the moment of the exhaustion of love. But sometimes we haven't got the energy, we haven't got the effort to put out to the person. We know we don't want to withdraw. We don't want to pull into a hole for all the different motives that can occur. What then? What's the situation? Too tired to put out more love? Not wanting to withdraw, because one feels it's unsatisfactory to do so. Where are we? Where are we in human relationship? Where are we with awareness and love at this time?
2: You
0: love, you don't. But sometimes you
2: have to
0: let go. It doesn't mean you start learning. Just maybe are not in their life in the same way. Not in there. In in their life in the same way. Mm Mm-hmm. But right. So, but isn't it that it occurs for us at times in one's heart? One says. I still love you. I still love this person. I still feel very close to this person. And the person is insecure. He or she is uncertain whether you, we, love them or not. And the person then keeps asking, Do you really care for me? Do you really love me? (laughs) And when we keep being asked this, Often, when we start, when. often one said, yes, I do, yes, I do. And the person said, are you, you know, sure, you don't, I'm not really sure if you really love me, really love me. <laughs> and in the end, it has enough impact on oneself that one thinks, maybe I don't. <laughs> <laughs> So, situations in communication and the impact that one person can have on another can at times generate doubt or it can at times generate a situation where our way of loving may not be affirming to the person in the way that he or she wants or needs. We say, yes, I love you. We feel that. Sometimes we don't say that. we feel that we feel that is genuine, but somehow or other, the genuineness of the inner experience isn't actually being picked up clearly enough by the person we say we love. And then this becomes two ships passing in the night syndrome. What happens when we're we're noticing that going on in ourselves and in our relationship, when we feel in our love that we're not understood? What, What goes on when you feel you're not understood, yet your heart knows you love the person and the person doesn't, isn't sure, doesn't really know? Yes, sir.
2: Mm. Um, in human love, mm. in, in the realm of human relationships, <coughs> when I encountered that, um, I think that the thing for me was to <coughs> learn that that may just mean that, that we will be two ships passing in the night. Yes. And to kind of accept that even though I may feel this love inside or something, mm. that unless, they, unless there's other circumstances that need to be there. to allow that to manifest in the world, aside from just my pure feeling. And for me, part of it is just accepting that kind of thing. If they can't hear it,
0: then I just have to let them. Right. So sometimes we need to be very, very trusting in what the inner is communicating to us. That even if the message is from the person is one of uh, uncertainty and doubt. If we know heart of hearts, we love this person and we care for this person and to our capacity, we are shut to our capacity, we are showing that that conviction must stay, must stay steady and therefore the, the acceptance of the situation is vital. Otherwise if we don't in ourselves it tends to generate more agitation and the, and the agitation then begins to confirm the person's doubt. Ah, I knew it. And, and then the, the ships are not even passing in the night, they're colliding in the night. <laughs> 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 so, again, the, the our trust in our experience and the relationship to the information which we receive matters a great deal. And still sometimes there are the gaps of needs between two people or a group of people. And as the European poet Rilke says, can we love the infinite gaps between us? That sometimes in situations in love, there are going to be places and points where two people or more do not meet together. There is a gap, and the gap isn't going to get bridged. There are differences, and the uh, differences aren't going to get dissolved. Can one say, yes, that is the truth as well? Can I live with this truth? So, Anyone? Can we live with this truth that there are infinite gaps between us? Yes, please.
1: I think for me what um, I, I notice is that um, that there is an expectation that um, you know love or something should be consistent mm. and that there shouldn't be gaps and that there shouldn't and so there is all this going on and then when it's not happening there is a lot of fear to actually admit that to yes. my partner or to myself you know maybe to myself but then you know yes. and so, it, I think the most, um, or what I've found is the most loving thing I can do, even when I don't feel love, yeah. is to actually communicate that. Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Know, very good, to, lovely. You um, know, to say, yeah, you know, my love
2: energy is not
0: really, yes. like, peaking right now, but I'm committed, <laughs> 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 but I'm committed to the real Yes. You know? <laughs> right. So it's like, but I find that very frightening, mm. you know, to
1: actually um, say that, you know, to say no.
0: Mm. Yes. Yeah. So it is, it, it, it's an it, it, extraordinary thing in, in this, I mean, particularly in these kind of spiritual practices, that we readily acknowledge And we are given endless reminders from the teachings as well about change, about impermanence, about the rising and falling of experiences. That we see that this goes on uh, morning, noon and night with ourselves. And every meditation in a way confirms the rise and fall of experience, the the coming and going of things, the recycling of things. And we'll apply it to all of our thoughts. We'll apply it to the sounds, we'll apply it to the breath. We apply it to those various feelings. But when it comes down to relationship, no. <laughs> at that point, that we, we, it's as though that change shouldn't change, as you point out. That should stay constant. I should be constantly loving. I shouldn't admit to myself or admit to my friend, partner, peers, whoever, that at times the love isn't present, that it has risen and fallen in that particular moment or that day or that week or that month or whatever and it seems that there is some resistance to acknowledge it it's like we can acknowledge changes in many other sensations but this one its almost a taboo with us and and I think sometimes there has to be some fear that is at work fear of acknowledging that at times in relationship too, I mean not only personal relationships, it can be relationship with friends, relationship with teachers, relationship with people that want family, relatives, all sorts of circles that you and I move in, that at times it's extremely difficult to communicate the absence of love in certain periods. And we have an expectation upon ourselves to ha- maintain a continuity of the loving face. And quite often we don't have to say anything. If anybody is close to us, they know. They can pick it, they can pick the vibe up. And yet, to actually share the the rising in the, pa- the passing of love, is something which we have real reluctance to deal with, with each other. How is that? What is, what is that? What is the fear that holds that communication up between people? Yes, please.
1: Uh, I just have a concern as you're speaking as, as a parent. Mm. I'm thinking that it's feeling different to me thinking of that in relation to, to my son. Yes. Um, on a peer relationship, I can accept that and, and be comfortable with the ebb and flow long as it takes, but I, I know with my young my son that I, I have to I have to jump in maybe sooner than I'd naturally and take its course with my husband, but I'm you know, concerned
0: about right. his vulnerability. Of course. So, in... That in a relationship with children, where the giving and the outpouring of love with wisdom to our children is the, the most significant contribution we can have for their emotional well-being, the, the, the giving of love. And yet the love with must be accompanied with wisdom. Wisdom is sometimes setting guidelines for one's child, whatever it might be. So it may require and does require from us different kind of responses according to the person that we have in mind. We don't tell our children at least I don't hope not I don't I don't love you because the child could it could have a a, a long term consequence on the child. But there are ways with others where the relationship to them may need more sharing of the direct experience than we are that sometimes wish to share. Yes, please.
1: Uh, on that question of what, what prevents or holds that communication back... Yes. Um, Thing. Yes. there's no control. Mm. We have no control, over it. we don't know what's gonna happen. Uh, if you're looking for a relationship, you won't find one. Yeah. If you're not looking for one, you'll find one. You know, <laughs> I and mean, that's how it goes. Uh,
0: and, and the other, and, and it's so unpredictable, it could be the other way. You're looking for one and you find one, and you're not looking for one and you don't find one. <laughs> it, 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 it. I mean if there's a guarantee of that, we, I think we're uh, right. <laughs> 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 yes, right. it's yes. Yes. Uh, hard to talk about you know? yes. I mean, it's so subjective it's yes. personal you know,
1: uh, it seems to me I'm thinking about you know, uh, how, how a manifests itself in longevity for some people in mm-hmm. you know, some relationships and, and why is that? Um, if you ask me I've heard, I don't know where, tell them, I don't know where, couples, 50 years, you know, married and stuff. So what, what is the, if you ask them, or I've heard them ask, what, so what's the success, you know, what do you attribute this yes. to? Oh, yes. A loving couple, you know. Well, one couple might say it's because um, we're never apart. We're our, each other's best friends. Mm. We spend so much time together, this, this, and this. And then another couple would say oh, we give each other plenty of space, uh, there's gaps. You know, yes. We, uh, we, we, we have other friends, other activities, and they may have that same kind of loving relationship yes. that's lasted in, you know, in terms of longevity. So there's no control over No. no
0: So th- here we recognize, as you point out, that there is certainly um, no model, of course, which gives any assurance because of the variations on the theme. And also... Love is extraordinary in that with, it works, as it were, with ego, sort of self-centered activity, and without it, one I can be looking for a relationship and it can come, I can't, I'm not looking for one and it comes, there's no uh, predictability about love and its connection. So, yet we place immense significance on love, human love, but also love for other things as well. Love of creativity, love to be in the environment, love of spiritual practice, love of silence, many forms that love can show itself in and there's a certain qualitative feeling which goes with it. And it requires a wisdom in relationship to what we give love and as we were just hearing one important aspects of that to recognise when love as a feeling component in life is present and also when it is absent but do we in our own life towards ourselves or towards others in a way exaggerate the significance of love since so much emphasis is put on it since it's given so much uh, significance through the culture, through the arts, through even through political fam- political values, the uh, love of the family is a political value, many love in spiritual life, has love got exaggerated to the degree that it's become problematic? How do we make too much of love? And what, if so, what's it at the expense of? Please.
2: I, I think when love becomes an ideal, it is problematic because there's always a conflict between what we're actually experiencing and what we think we should be experiencing.
0: Oh, right. A very important point there. So, the, in a way, our vulnerability, we might say, with love is to put it into the supra human realms. I mean that is to an exaggeration of it is idealism. And none of us can meet the ideal. With the ideal we'll keep finding again and again in unpleasant ways our edge with our love. And as you say, then we keep thinking I should be able to Always be loving. So, what are the what are some of the signals again of making the, uh, an ideal of love? Therefore, exaggerating it in a in a way which we cannot keep. We ask too much of ourselves. Yes, please. I
1: think um, women in this society are particularly prone to this sort of are Supposed to be the caregivers, yes, and uh, there's a very strong ideal Mm. that mothers don't stop loving, and their women are very to a great extent the caregivers of older people, too, yes, and that uh, looking after older people is an extreme stress, yeah. um, I don't quite know where I'm going with this, but. um, Um, I think they experience,
0: women experience generally, a lot of guilt to yes. fall short of this idea. Mm. But right. So, as I say, there, there is this ideal and it's showing itself in I should be able to, I ought to be able to. And sometimes that places, as you point out, incredible stress not only on one's emotional life, but also on one's whole physical life as well and in that respect the ideal, idealism around love has contributed itself significantly to a lot of emotional and uh, physical breakdown because the, the demand upon oneself has uh, reached a, a, an exaggerated proportion so we see that, that, that this movement of the feeling of love isn't infinite it isn't inexhaustible that love itself arises in cooperation with lots of other factors in with, within ourselves and around, of our, around ourselves and the vulnerability is the idealism that goes with it what's going to end this idealism? what's going to put as it were the experience of love and all the forms that it shows itself in such a way that one says there is no place for idealism because, as you say, whole groups of people are affected. Numerous women are affected and the collapse of love in the face of idealism brings guilt, sometimes relentlessly. It brings despair. It brings the lack, the sense of uh, the loss of self-worth the loss of self-acceptance. This is the conflict of idealism, how I think I should be, how I ought to be, and the fact of who I am. And the the consequences for oneself and around are widespread. So, therefore, if we're going to live with the truth, and the truth of human experience, the truth of our experience, then there's no room for idealism in it. Either the idealism which we project unto ourselves, or as we were hearing at the very beginning, Mm. the idealism which says this person should be able to give me more love, should be able to offer me more, should be able to share more, should be should should should, and it's the idealism projected to another or others. What is it that what is it that we if we can liberate the love? from the idealism. What's, what's really going to do that for us? Live with experience. Yes? I think we have to um, be courageous enough to enter into a love relationship with reality. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. yes. So, when speaking there, as you say, can we have the, the courage here to enter into a love relationship with the reality. When, if you could, if you could expand it a bit further, the rea- which, when you're speaking of reality here, what's your? Re- what's the reference here? Just about, and a bit now. Right. So. Uh, uh yeah. P- pardon? The right. <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> so the, put, the placing and the putting of our uh, attention to whatever it might be the examples that you gave and keeping the attention there living with the reality is to allow of that is to allow love to be expressed then the freeing oneself from the idealism is to know that the expression may be in a time span Right? We come into a situation like the examples that you gave. I love to be with the breathing, I love to be with this person, I love to be with this nature. And there is a reality of that relationship in that that time. Sometimes that reality is such that the love exhausts itself in that reality. The idea when it exhausts itself and then there is an idealism that it shouldn't seems to generate the agitation. The withdrawal, the conflict, the confusion. of love of Junction Yes the fact that you don't love that I that situation, or that... Right. Can, what, what I was... What, right. To, wanting to explore here, this point. The, 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 the view is, the feeling that we have, the view that we have, I think, is I enter into relationship with life, in a particular, and a general. I wish to be loving. I wish my love to be consistent. I find if I've got an ideal or a pressure or a should with myself that it contributes to the diminishing of the love and sometimes the love seems to, when it stops, it leaves me feeling guilty, feeling a failure, feeling a lack of self-worth, feeling I don't know anything. I'm saying, can there be the recognition that love has a finite quality to it, that it's something which emerges from the heart in experiences, through experience. Sometimes the love just drops away. I don't feel I love being with the breath. I don't feel I love being with the tree. Not permanently, I'm talking in periods of time. I don't feel I love being with this person and it doesn't drop into guilt it doesn't lend itself to feelings of failure, it doesn't contribute to withdrawing one just acknowledges the feeling quality in that moment, in that day is not present and there's no price to be paid for it what would we say then? yes, Yes, please I was just going to say acknowledgement needs to be made of the gap between the reality and the expectation. Yes. Right. And to come back to the question that you posed earlier, mm-hmm. which was, what is the fear, what prevents us from, yes. from uh, making that acknowledgement, I think it might be twofold. One is the fear of not living up to the expectations of the other, mm-hmm. and disappointing the other. Yes. I think the other fear may be that the other may say the same thing to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. yes. Right. And that actually may be the deeper fear. Yes. Yes. So in human relationship that at times fear as it were replaces the love. That there is an expectation and a fear that we can't live up to this expectation we have of ourselves. We are there is an expectation upon the other person and they can't live up to it and they can't Expectation is something incredibly provisional. Nobody has ever been able to live up to the expectations of other people. There's no history of it, <laughs> <laughs> and we are always dying to be the first person in history. <laughs> so there is the expectations, as you point out, placed on ourselves, and with that so easily comes fear and there's expectations we place upon others or they upon ourselves and that dynamic takes place. If that only shows the relativity of our human experience love and connection uh, appear and pass what is it that's revealing all this to us? What is the wisdom here that puts love in its place and doesn't give it one drop of exaggeration? Because there is something which is more profound than love. Even though the quality of the experience of love is very beautiful and it's one of the precious elements to help show an integrated reality, an integrated whole, yet since experientially... Free from ideals, love at times is really showing itself, and sometimes it just isn't there. What is the wisdom? What is it that reveals that that knows what love is, that senses what love is, that reveals what love is. And it's fading in times and periods. What did, what, what did we say then? I asked the question, simply that there's not... The realization of that which is not tied to love, puts love in its beautiful place. Yes?
1: Well, I'm not sure if this answers your question. No. -hmm. um, Another fear that goes along with this, I think, is the feeling that this love is gone and I'm never gonna it's never gonna come again. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna feel it again. And the thing that that is revealing itself is if we can remember, it's the passing, but there's also as as anything, the breath, whatever, yes. Things rise and, and pass right. and, and come and go. And <clears throat> just because this love might not be here right now doesn't mean that there'll never be love again. Right.
0: Beautiful. Right. So as I say, the moment in time when we are not experiencing love is an incredibly profound moment of reality. The moment when we're not experiencing love. We, we're, we're used to calling the profound moment when we're feeling great love. and say how beautiful that is, how profound that is. But the moment when we're not feeling That quality of human experience is absent in the profound time. Can the profundity of that touch us so that it doesn't lead, as you point out, to the fear, I'll never love again, I'll never know love again, I'll never know this experience again, and then we get swamped by this because we fail to recognise there's something immeasurably significant about Non love. The miracle of non love. Yes, please.
1: I
2: think
1: right. you're, you're talking about acceptance. And of, of
0: letting go. Mm-hmm. Of, of the grip of whatever the outcome is. Or, yes. Or your expectation, mm-hmm. Or your ideal, or the guilt. Yes. The, right, so, the, the, I just say, in a kind of emotional and psychological considerations certainly all that tends to be as it were part of the same package the expectations the the wanting the loving with investment for results the struggle with acceptance the guilt it can all be part of the same complexity this complexity reveals itself in human experience. It's revealed to us. It's revealed to awareness. The very fact that it's revealed means that those forms of experience must reveal and then not be revealed. Must appear and not appear. The love has come and it must pass. If we don't fall into the the imagined preoccupation that it won't come again. We don't fall into that. As I say, when the love stops, and the moment when it stops, it's a very precious moment. Very, very precious moment. Yes, love, yes, please.
2: Um, I'm a little confused. I think you might be, conf- in my mind, yes. confusing um, relation- love in relationship yes. and, and love. Mm-hmm. And there's love and there's right. relationship, and, yes. and you know the two kind of intertwine, mm-hmm. um, and we're speaking of them kind of as if they're one thing. And my response mm-hmm. to that question yes. would be different for love, love of trees, or which have right. an expectation. Yes, and love of a man or a, maid of a, maid of a peer. So I'm, I'm confused about. It. Right. Um,
0: in, in that, from myself, in terms of my references as I talk, that I regard all love uh, only existing in relationship to. Otherwise, it, makes, it sounds to me always too abstract. So, at times, as I say, there can be a real love for being with trees. And, at times, real, that same genuine quality of love or being with a particular person or group or situation. And The love I regard, therefore, the love exists in relationship too, In relationship to silence, in relationship to meditation, aloneness, many aspects of it. In that, of course, we sometimes say it's easy to love anything except other people because they have so many demands and expectations. But. To get to the point and to just to f- complete with this now, this heart feeling of love and all the diversity that it shows itself. Listening to another person can be a real act of love. All the kindnesses that we give, the generosities, the, the small moments of affection, how people have said on a retreat, sometimes just the moment eye contact that was made with another person and the warmth that that uh, happened in that momentary eye contact. People have said to me on the retreat how much it touched them deeply and how warmed and, and, and they felt loved and felt loving towards. All, so, all these are um, expressions of love. And, at times, that qualitative of experience, shallow or deep in all of its forms, isn't present in consciousness. Experientially It isn't present. In its absence, it doesn't have to be replaced with anything unsatisfactory or negative. It simply are there are moments when one doesn't feel loving. Those moments, when we don't feel loving, are vital moments because they're true, because they are experienced, because they are known to all of us. And because that's the space which allowed the love to appear in the first place. And somehow or other, we forget this. We forget the preciousness of a non-loving heart. We forget the preciousness of the non-experience of love. And we have come to habitualize ourselves into interpreting it as something bad, wrong, failure, a proof of something about ourselves or about somebody else. And we haven't realized that that non-love without something else in its place is a very profound place in a human being. So profound that if we stay steady with it, it will allow love to renew itself and flow like a fast-flowing river to the sea. It's an extraordinary thing that the mind doesn't sometimes understand this. But I say, non-love is as profound as love and is indispensable to love. have faith in that to the degree that we have faith in the power of love may all beings see into life may all beings see into the nature of things may all beings be awakened (coughs) have a couple of quiet minutes together please